Hello and welcome to South Africa on 99.94. I am Neil Manthorpe, my co-host is Longani Zama, but you all know that um, already. Um, I'm delighted to say that uh, your questions are beginning to come in uh, thick and fast now and uh, plenty of questions and suggestions about the way forward for South African cricket after the demise of the first two test matches against Australia. And thank you for those. And we will get to all of them. Many of them are replicas, as you can imagine, but I promise you we will get to all of them. Uh, but but for now, I'm more interested in, uh, Langani, your views on all sorts of um, suggestions for South African domestic cricket going going forward. At the moment, you know, we as just in case anybody has forgotten or didn't know, uh, we had six franchises which were an amalgamation of the 15 provinces or 14 provinces uh, they were all separated into back into their provinces um, seven in the second division eight in the top division so they play only one round of matches seven first class matches and what I find peculiar is that people are using that as an excuse for um, the quality of batting that uh, South Africa produced in Australia well it's it's the system has only just been introduced. Um, you know, players have have played uh, the, well. The top five batsmen have been playing for over ten years. But what what are your thoughts and what's the feeling back home in South Africa about the the way forward? Because you know, with the way the new world is structured, with the SA twenty at its centre and everything else built around it. Um, the the first class games appear to have been um, sort of dotted around on the periphery, um, and that's not going to sustain the current crop of good players. Let, let alone, never mind, produce new ones. It, it was a worry for me that the minute it was announced because you you sensed it was a, a watering down of of a system that you build up. I mean. I, I played a rung or two below Super Sport Series at the time that it was the Super Sport Series and it was six strong franchise teams. And the, I think it was the South African Airways three-day challenge that was below that, which was deemed first-class cricket, but it was tough. It was, it was proper, proper tough cricket. Like you you would run into, I think there was a game we played EP and there was Mfuneko Ngam playing for EP and you Monanto Haywood would play for others and... You know, uh, Johan van der Vath played for Free State at some point. They, they, they were proper big guns. So, you know, I think even Ashwell or Herschel played for Western Province B the one time. So you run into serious cricketers, and you know that they are at Super Sports Series, and beyond that are SAA and then South Africa. It's a proper proper system, and it's elite. Um, and when you water it down, and you now make it. Yes, two divisions. Um, you're trying to appease every single union, but in that process of watering it down and spreading, you you you're diluting a lot of 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 the proper serious cricket, and and it's a worry. I mean, you can't judge it now because it's only a couple of rounds in, but it's a worry because in doing that and spreading so much of it, there's no time for all these fixtures. You still got the 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 T20, the domestic T21. The I think it's the Africa Cup. Then you've got the the the, the, the domestic fifty over stuff. Then you somehow squeeze in a couple of rounds of of Red Bull cricket, and then obviously SA Twenty now takes out six weeks of the season, and and that's not moving. So, where Super Sport Series was the pinnacle of Red Bull cricket and was the priority 
of of any cricketer, um, that's been flipped on its head. The priority is now SA20 and everything else is kind of conveniently shifted in there. And that's all well and good for the back pockets of players. But for the future of the test game, you can see that it's just going to become less and less of a priority. It's, it's, it's almost in line with how much test cricket is, is scheduled for South Africa over the next few years. It's almost as if the ICC looked at it and said, well, if you're only giving yourself a handful of first-class matches anyway, you probably only need three or four test matches a year, which is scary because you're just going to slip further and further away. It's incredible to think that South Africa are even competing to for the World Test Championship because they just don't play enough red ball cricket and it shows. There's no application in terms of batting and in terms of bowling, there's one day lengths and, and, and one ball lines, um, you know, limited overs cricket uh, line and lengths. Um, there, there's, there's no patience. Um, not to go back to that horror of the second test, but Cameron Green, the, the two wickets that he got to, 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 to break the partnership of Marco Janssen and um, Calvarena was bowling about fifth stump and just waiting. Not trying to rip out middle stump or, or anything like that or throat ball. It was just good old-fashioned first-class cricket where you bowl fifth or sixth stump, back of a length, and you trust the ball's going to nibble either way and ask questions of the batsman. And if you do it consistently enough, eventually you're going to nick off or you're going to get an LB or you're going to get something. Um, you don't see a lot of that with the South African team. They, there's there's three or four lengths bowling and over. There's, there's, there's an urgency to get people out. You don't outpatient people. And they, they are on the same can be said about the batting in terms of just lack of application. That goes back to not playing enough red balls and, and, and facing 400 balls to make 200 or 250 balls to make 100 and feeling really good about your technique and secure and knowing where your off stump is. A lot of these dismissals are, are bred by playing a lot of pit ball cricket where you can't afford to shoulder arms once. You've got to get going and get going immediately. And it shows, sadly. Okay, uh, just to um, point out that the World Test Championship, I mean, I, I am of the opinion now, obviously I'm still just recovering from shock um, from the first two test matches. I wasn't actually shocked by the first the first test at the Gabba because it finished in two days and I'd just seen the two previous test matches finish in two days as well, also in defeat. Um, I'm more shaken by the, um, the lack of competition shown on a good pitch at, at the MCG. Anyway, just to point out that um, South Africa could still qualify for the World Test Championship, and what an extraordinary thing that would be. It's like a, a one-legged man <clears throat> competing in a 100-metre race. Um, you know, if they avoid defeat or or even win the SCG Test, which I can't see happening, and then beat the West Indies in two Test matches in their final World Test Championship assignment, they um, still could qualify for the World Test Championship, which would be an extraordinary thing. Um, but I, I wanted to follow up on, on your point there, uh, Sams, about the traditional selection criteria, the traditional route um, in which players have earned the right to be noticed by the national selectors um, and, you know, and um, learning by repetition bowling 1,000 balls, 10,000 balls, facing 10,000 balls, scoring runs, go away to provincial cricket, do it for two or three years, take wicket, score runs. And it's a very traditional uh, route, um, but it has to change. Um, th those values no longer, uh, they're not irrelevant, but they cannot apply 
in the way that they have used to. There has to be a change in mindset and philosophy and a fast-tracking element. Um, I just wrote an article um, in which I imagined somebody like Tristan Stubbs, who didn't play in the first two rounds of the first-class competition. He wants to play test cricket. He would love to. But he couldn't get into his provincial first eleven. So he, he didn't play the first two rounds of first-class cricket. And I think that some some lateral creative thinking needs to be applied here, change in philosophy. And for somebody like him, the national selector, Victor, Victor Mpitsang, who, who is a, a lovely man but doesn't do very much selecting, uh, in my humble opinion, he really doesn't do very much. He's not proactive. Uh, and, in fact, he's a reluctant reactive. But... If if he said, for example, Tristan Stubbs sees the ball well, clearly, hits it even better, and he's keen to learn, and and he's smart, let's fast-track him. Let's abandon those old traditional conventions. Let's fast-track him. Hey, Pakistan have been doing it for 30 years, fast-tracking highly talented youngsters in. And whereas the likes of me have been saying, you can't learn test cricket on the job. Well, I'm changing my mind. Um, so for Tristan Stubbs, so rather than learning about first-class cricket and then slowly transforming that first-class learning into test cricket, how about we just have a week's intensive learning session with Hashimamla, Neil McKenzie, Jacques Cat, whoever. But, you know, Hashim... And and so he spends four hours batting in the middle. Four hours, not 40 minutes in the nets. And and he's he's imbued with that knowledge and that experience. And we and we take out that low, slow glacial journey into test cricket that you have slowly, slowly learned. So so a change of structure. <laughs> to make more efficient the traditional methods, but also a change of philosophy because the world's changing. There isn't time anymore for those old roots. Yeah, it's, it, it's happening too slowly. And, and, and like you say, by the time Stubbs gets an opportunity to be picked, he's already been picked by three or four franchises around the world who are happy to pay him £250,000 each. So why would you wait for a precious first-class cap to play three days, four days of cricket? I mean, it happened to David Miller. He was desperate to play test cricket, desperate. Genuinely, genuinely desperate. And there was a criteria that said you have to average 40 and you have to do, you know, this checklist, this precious checklist. England don't have a checklist. When they picked Ahmed as, as, as their leg spinner now, there was no checklist. When, you know, we spoke about Warner and how he came into the test team, he's just finished 100 tests now. There was no checklist for him. There's, there's a fast track for, for talent, which if your selectors are doing their job properly, they are watching. So your Jonathan Birds and your Devil Brevis and your Stubbs, people of actual potential, you, 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 you tell them early, and unfortunately that's the way life works. You're talented, you're special, you stand out from the rest. You're not gonna go in the same queue. You know, you go to Aratambo, there's, there's, there's a queue for everyone else, and then there's a discovery queue on the side, which you still go on the same plane, but you just get there faster for a reason, because you're talented. And if we let you go there, there's a big risk that we run losing your talents to... Del Benkenstein's sons both now have gone to England, and one of them is showing serious signs of eventually playing for 
Um, I think Gloucestershire, I'm not sure. It might be in Nottingham. But because the system was too long, he wasn't picked for SA Under-19 because there had to be a certain number of players that were picked and they felt that he was too young. But he was the best player in terms of stats. But we won't pick you because you're 16 and the other Under-19s who deserve an SA Under-19 cap because they won't get another chance. Uh, so we won't pick you, even though you're the best player. And he said, okay, well, I'll pick my bags and play county cricket where they pick me on talent and not protocol. If if you don't fast track the best players, there are too many options in world cricket now that players will take and are happy to not, they'll, they'll forego it. Why, why would you take a test cap and go and lose a series in five days over two test matches when you can go, <laughs> you could have been playing in the Big Bash in the same country and earning like Fuffers, $200,000, $300,000, and then you're going to come back home and play in the SA20 and earn another packet and then go to the IPL and then go, that's Tristan Stubbs's path. He can do that. He doesn't need a test cap. You, South Africa, he wants one. Um, but you, you want to ask him the same question at the end of this test series and you want to ask him that same question again in two years' time if nothing changes. Does, this, does the test cap still hold the same appeal it did when you were finishing off matric? Asked David Miller, there came a point where it didn't matter anymore. He gave two seasons of giving everything, playing everything for the Dolphins, doing his utmost to get noticed. And it was no, 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 no. And then eventually he drew a line and said, okay, well, that's not going to happen. So my priorities now shift purely to white ball cricket. And his bank manager will tell you that it was the best decision he made. Um, and if you look at it now, he's still playing, he's still at his peak. Would you rather have him coming in at six and playing his natural game? As so many other teams have started picking six, number six batsmen who are going to come and give you a, a, a jolt of energy in the middle of an innings at about 60 overs before the second new ball. Or the plotters that are currently there who are scratching around and making one of 20 and then running themselves out. But that's that's what happens when you don't fast track talent and say, you're too good not to be given a chance at all levels, at all formats. But you're going to wait your turn and wait your turn and wait your turn. Tristan Stubbs will wait for a while. Devil Brevis will wait for a while. Jonathan Bird will wait for a while. And then eventually, off they go. And he'll make millions. And he'll make thousands of runs. And he'll look back on his career and there'll be someone who's got 50 caps. And he'll have 50 million. You tell me who's happier. <laughs> uh, okay, let me think about that in, 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 the, in the break and we'll come back in just a moment. I'm Daniel Norcross. And I'm Rory Dollard. And between us, we are England Cricket on 99.94. We'll be every week looking at the ups, the downs, the runners, the riders, the news and the views on all things English cricket. And believe you me, there are plenty of ups and downs. Join us, England Cricket on 99.94. Yeah, Sam's good point. Um, and uh, as always, touching very strongly on reality. Um, you know, the, there's no doubt whatsoever that, that, that players want to play for their countries. As you have said right from the very start of 99.94, you've always said, you know, don't, don't discount the dream that players have, certainly in South Africa, of representing their country. Um, but uh, at, at some point, sooner and sooner, They'll be faced with uh, the prospect of the the long, hard slog 
of uh, earning a national cap uh, or a test cap. Uh, and, th- and there will be a manager or an agent who will say, uh, here's the route to your test cap and here's the route to financial security for life before you're, before you're 30. It's just, it's not, a, it's, a, it's a no-brainer. I mean, you, you'd, be, you'd be deluded to, to say, no, the, the test cap means more to me um, than, than financial security. I mean, it's, um, that's the reality. And, and you know, so I, I just kept feeling during the course of the MCG test match, the brief period that South Africa batted anyway, I just kept feeling, thinking, if we, if we had um, whoever they were, you've mentioned uh, John O'Bird a few times and there's uh, Jordan Herman and um, young bats, Yanaman Malan. I mean, you know, he was placed, he was placed in a one-day box, in a white ball box, like from the very beginning of his international career, I don't understand it. But if they were there in their in their early to mid twenties, and they experienced that Boxing Day atmosphere, the cauldron of the MCC, it was extraordinary. You know, I'm so lucky to have done a few of them now. But you know, as it was, we had a bunch of thirty somethings knowing full well that even if South Africa play a Test match again there on Boxing Day, which is highly unlikely. They certainly weren't going to. So opportunity wasted. Big, big opportunity wasted. Um, on the back of the opportunity that was wasted at the T20 World Cup. Um, so again, the succession planning, you've got to ask. You said now Yanamal Milan has been boxed as a white ball cricketer. By who? Who? I don't know. I don't know. He's got a first-class average of 48. So who did put him in that box? And, and, and whoever did has either moved on the system and because if they haven't and they're part of this current regime, if Victor Pitsang hasn't put him as a white ball cricketer, why is he not considering him for selection? His numbers are better, first-class numbers are better than anyone else on tour. Anyone else. Why is he not in Australia when the one thing that South Africa lack are runs? It's a serious question. It's a serious question. If, if, if he averages 48 and the team can't even make 200, why would he not be in that team? Unless Victor simply come in and is also just buying the logic that, oh, well, if he's been called by who came before me, a white ball cricketer, then that's all he'll be under my regime. Then, you, you, then you're not really doing a job. You, you're just a placeholder. You're just doing what was done before and it's just under a different name. The whole point of a change of selection policy and a change of structure and a change of personnel is to change things, not to keep doing them the same. It's to change. You change your captain because you say, Dean Elgar's not working. So we will go with Aidan Markram or we will go with Kachiso Rabada because we want a new direction and we we want a new energy. That's the point. But if they're going to go and go to press conferences and do exactly what Dean Elgar's done and speak the same language and then what is the point? It's not to replicate. It's to change. It's to dynamically change the way. Baseball is a whole phrase because they looked at it and said, the system is not working. Our test team is not performing to the levels that our white ball teams have, 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 you know. That's change. That's actual measurable change. And even if you stuff up once like they did against South Africa at Lords, you go, nope, 
we are sticking to it and we're going to win Old Trafford and we're going to win the Oval and we're going to win the series and we're going to go and do the same thing in Pakistan again and we're going to go to the Ashes and we're going to commit. That's change. South African cricket has not changed. Okay, so I've deliberately steered away from from using the term baseball, and I've tried very hard in the last two podcasts not to use England as an example um, because uh, I think everybody else is doing that. And you know what? They set a bloody brilliant example. They've won nine out of ten test matches, having won one out of 17 before Brenda McCullum and Ben Stokes took over. There are many aspects that are admirable. Um, there are many that are impractical for other teams to try and emulate. But one, I think, to me, fundamentally, at the core of their change in approach is the demystification of test cricket. And Mickey Arthur, I think, enhanced the mystification of test cricket when he became coach. And I say that because... Um, You know, Mickey and I are very good friends. We we go back a long, long way. Um, But he always said, um, you know, test cricket is the is the pinnacle. And and he he used the word, you know, it's like going to uh, a cathedral. Um, (laughs) You 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 don't go in jeans and and t shirt. You know, you it was the whole. And what Ben Stokes and and Brendan McCullum have have said is bollocks to that. Rubbish. Let's just demystify. Let's just treat it as as an enter- form of entertainment. Let's get on the stage and entertain people and do everything we can to win, which is fabulous. Um, anyway, I'm um, I'm losing the point here. Um, n- never matter. N- n- never mind. No, but it just is a, a quick comment a on that, and then it's a good point. I mean, you say Mickey said you can't wear jeans to a cathedral. I promise you, the cathedral that. Ben Stokes and co are currently playing it now. They've got rock and roll going, but the whole congregation is rocking and they love it. So you change with the times. You know, you, I get Mickey's point, but that, that's then boxing your audience and saying they will only accept you scoring two runs and over and, you know, and bowling 20 overs for, 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 for 30. And that's good cricket, not five for 20 in seven overs and scoring at five and over. Cricket's cricket. It's entertaining. If the game is moving forward, you still play the same shots. You still play a cover drive. It's just you're playing three cover drives instead of one every 12 balls. You know, the, it, you still have to apply the, 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 the same techniques. It's just more aggressive. Not reckless. It's more aggressive. There's an urgency. Uh, and And... I'd, I'd certainly watch that urgency over plodding along and trying to survive and not surviving, <laughs> which is which is what you know our audiences have had to watch, unfortunately, for for most of this year. Okay, um, we'll take a short break and uh, come back with one more short whammy section. Hi, I'm Nikesh Raghani, commentator and host of the India on 99.94 podcast. Several times each week, my co-host Sara Waris and I 
will be bringing you the very best in Indian cricket chat. Whether we're discussing the legend of Julan Goswami, KL Rahul's strike rate, the men's T20 death bowling woes, or the latest controversy involving the BCCI, we've got you covered. You can listen and subscribe via your usual podcast provider. Just search for India on 99.94. You can watch us via YouTube and you can download the 99.94 app. If you love Indian cricket, then join our conversation. Right, Sam, um, just a, a final thought on the reaction um, from South African fans and supporters back home um, and, I guess, around the world. And you, you can never be sure on social media whether people are uh, at home or not. But um, I do think we should touch on the <laughs> cheap shots aimed at a very soft target, uh, people saying that... Uh, that that quotas are are partly to blame for South Africa's current demise, um, and I always I, I always go back to that great lesson that um, I learned when Dale Steyn and Ab de Villiers were were selected in the same at the same time into the into the Test team as as twenty one and twenty two. I think they might have been both twenty one. Sorry, but. You know, and they'd played 11 and 13 first-class games, respectively. So they were thrown into the deep end. And a dear friend of mine said to me, I, I was saying how progressive and, uh, and, and forward-thinking that selection was, and a dear friend of mine said to me, what, what would you have said if they were black? <laughs> and, and that stuck with me for ever since. And and it and it it pains me really, you know, to see the number of people are saying that <laughs> calling Temba Bavuma and Kaya Zondo quoted players um, without bothering to do the research and to look at the numbers. And you know what? And there are plenty of cheap shots to be had. And Kaya Zondo's got a first class batting average of just over thirty. But it, it, that doesn't matter, does it? Because it's the last two years. It they. they <laughs> have been selected. Well, Temba is continually selected because he scores important runs. He doesn't go on um, as much as he should. He's the first to acknowledge that. But, you know, 2050s and 53 test matches, not great. My point is, who's better? Now, there are some youngsters, definitely, and we've mentioned them now, but for for the majority of his career, who was better? Who was he keeping out of the team? Um, So, so... I'm gonna. I'm just putting all the heat on you and uh, and asking you to. Um, as I ha- I've written many times, no, no, don't don't take a cheap shot at a soft target and blame transformation um, for South Africa's current demise because it's not like that. Because Kai Zondo and Temba Bavuma are in the squad on recent form merit. Yeah, well, that's if you're not going to give a solution and you're just going to complain for the hell of it. It's not even a discussion worth having. Who, who would you rather have? You know, currently, who who, who would you rather have that that's on the squad? Because, unfortunately, that's the squad that was chosen. So it's not as if the options that we've discussed are even options for the third test. The only thing that you can change really is put a spinner in for a pace bowler. So these are you know mood conversations to to justify the the frustration. These guys don't pick themselves, um, and 
they never have. Their their numbers, like you said, the numbers that they've put up for a couple of years have have justified, you know, because they've gone with the glacial system that we've spoken about, that eventually it's your turn. Well, it's it's their turn. Yeah. It's their turn. If that's your picking criteria, it's their turn. If if you, you, you did it differently and you say the standout SA and the 19 player every year is going to be given a chance, different story. But you, you're right about Dale and Aby. Um, and Aby has said often that he felt uncomfortable for a long time. And the only thing that kept him sane was being surrounded by superstars who showed him the standards. And when he failed and played a shot not dissimilar to Tiernes de Brain's shot in the first day, he was told in no uncertain terms, you will not. You will not play this game for a long time if that's how you're going to approach it. If you don't, if you don't put a, a bigger premium on your, on your talent, you're just going to disappear by the wayside. And he had a few of those, and, and he knows it. Um, biggest issue with South African cricket at the moment, whether you want to call them quotas or transformation or whatever, the biggest problem is the lack of accountability. The tough conversations that, that AB and Dale would have had as 21-year-olds learning are not being had now. They're not being had. And, 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 and that's why nothing changes. That's why you don't score 200 in eight innings because the tough conversations are just not being had. Whether that's because no one is willing to have them or no one is capable of having them, you've got you, you to put people in there. You know, with reputations in sport, <laughs> Alex Ferguson had a hairdryer treatment reputation, but look at the teams he produced and won because you know that he cares and you know that if you don't meet the standard, you're not going to last. The same applies for Jose Mourinho. The same, you know, We've watched Rusty. I've worked on documentaries with Rusty uh, Erasmus where he tells you in no uncertain terms, if you don't meet your criteria as a rugby player, I don't care how talented or popular you are on social media, you're not going to play for me. There's got to be a line in terms of hard work and perseverance and, and the things that you put in that then transfer onto the field. And if you're not holding players accountable to those standards and you're just letting them be their own bosses, this is what happens. Uh, it's, 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 it's worrying. Um, it's really, really worrying. People are more excited to, like I said in, in previous podcasts, people are now more concerned about watching football and rugby than, than watching what should be the heights of summer, your, your test team in Australia. If, if, if the alarm bells are not ringing at CSA now, then I'm not sure, I'm not sure when they, they ever will, but they have to be. SA20 might save the financial life of cricket South Africa, but the soul of it is, is playing and playing at the pinnacle. If you're no longer part of the pinnacle conversation, which you're slipping away from further and further, there won't be much of a game to protect because if we, if, as we, honest as we have been, the SA20 is an Indian league hosted in South Africa. It's not South Africa's league. It's not South Africa's money. It's not South Africa's IP. So at some point, you've got to look at it frankly and say, what is actually being produced by South Africa cricket-wise at the moment? It's not a good look. No, it's <clears throat> not a good look. Jeepers, that's a very quotable finish there, from you there. Um, I'll remember that. And um, uh, So I can't see any, any change at the SCG. Um, we'll talk about it. We'll dissect it afterwards, but uh, I think Heinrich Klaassen would be a better bet than Tiernas de Brain, who looked hopeless. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Simon Harmer, yeah, come in. Sydney hasn't spun as much as it has done historically in recent years, uh, but it is still 
a two-spinner venue, and Ashton Agar has been brought in by Australia. Uh, and I, 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 you know, apart from Carl Verena and Marco Janssen, um, both of whom have have shown some fighting spirit with the bat, it's just so hard to see um, a change. And I, I think we just have to kind of bite the bullet, endure it, suffer the inevitable consequence at the SCG, and then and then come back and and really start the regrouping process and and rebuild with with purpose and determination rather than anger and recrimination. Well, the, the key to starting that process is identifying somebody who is actually going to roll up their sleeves and do the work, not go through the motions. That, that's the reality. Um, go back to the T20 World Cup, do that review and be honest, hold people accountable and then do the same for this tour. You would hope that the one resolution that Cricket South Africa has for 2023 is to be truly accountable with itself uh, and, and, and look at this squarely in the eyes because it is, a, it is a game in crisis. The national product is in crisis and it's slipping down the list of priorities for the South African public day by day. Um, and it's not just on the back of these results in Australia. Um, it, is, it is a grim, grim time to be following South African cricket at the moment and you need to change it. Before the players change it, the, the the people who who govern them and pick them need to to, to hold themselves to higher standards because, um, yeah, if 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 you don't, people just stop caring and and your players start looking elsewhere for for people who do care, um, or at the very least, just improve their bottom line if 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 things are not changing in South African cricket. So that would be the urgent hope. Uh, that in 2023 there's going to be a lot more accountability and and a lot more honesty and and coming out and fronting up. You know, we asked Dean Elgar and coaches and people to front up after tough days. At the end of such a grim year for South African cricket, there should have been a press conference or something that addresses these things frankly and 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 comes with remedies or plans to, to how the game will be changed dynamically and urgently. Not SA20. That is not a South African solution. That is an Indian plaything hosted on South African soil. It, it is not a South African solution. If you ask any of the people in actual power, there's not one cent of South African money in there. They just happen to love the country and a lot of them happen to respect Graham Smith and a lot of them happen to enjoy the talents and want to work with legends who are coaching different roles. But I promise you, it, it, it's not a South African product. It's an Indian product on South African soil. So you cannot look at that and say, oh, but we've got this as a success. It's not yours. You've got to start building your own successes and you've got to start building new roads to success for, for the next generation of talents. Otherwise, they're going to be playing for other countries or they're going to be playing in franchises around the world and your product is going to keep on diminishing. And on that note, Sam, I will enjoy the new year in the pleasant surrounds of Sydney. I'll have a run over the bridge um, for you. I will... Have uh, a glass of whatever I can afford at the Opera House. I will uh, raise a toast to you and our listeners and our readers. Um, and uh, and, and uh, our readers, sorry, our listeners and our viewers. Um, and, and I hope for a, a prosperous new year. And I'm, I'm going to look for some uh, cheap, fancy dress costumes just so that I fit in uh, to the crowd at the SA20 when I get back. Just, just borrow something from Bharat uh, Sundarasan. Uh, he's been 
dressing as as if he is an entire festival itself. So just get something from him and you'll be fine. <laughs> That's exactly what I'll do. That's exactly what I'll do, and I'll see you. At, uh, well, we'll we'll review uh, the Sydney Test match, of course, before I embark on my journey home. So, thank you very much indeed for for watching and uh, listening to to everybody. I'm I'm Neil Manthorpe. You can follow me at Neil Manthorpe on Twitter and Nagani Sama at Wamzam17 on Twitter. So, do please rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, we look forward to your company on the next episode.